137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 133 of Pixelated Paranormal. And coming off of last week's Manhattan transfer story, we wanted to keep the creepy alien momentum going, so we opened up the old giant, ever-growing repository of super weird shit that we've come across, and we dug out about five or six of the weirdest alien encounters that we've come across so far. So grab yourself a snack and something to sip on, and then maybe a blanket, because you're going to want to get comfy for this. Because these aren't your normal alien abduction stories with the greys and the reptilians and the palladians. These are some of the most bizarre creatures that we've read about thus far in our time of doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All of that and that's what you have to say, one gasp. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Now, before we get started, I wanted to plug something at the top of the show. And that is the brand new book coming out on February 25th by New York Times bestselling author Daniel Krauss, titled Bent Heavens. Recently, we were fortunate enough to receive an advanced copy of his new book, and I've got to say, I'm only about a third of the way through it, and I'm having a really hard time putting it down already. That's not because I'm saying it to promote the book, uh, just because we're promoting the book, but no, it's actually a really damn good book. So without spoiling anything... The book's about a young girl named Liv. She's got her last year of high school ahead of her when her father has unexplainably disappeared. Liv and her best friend, Doug, are doing their best to keep the, her father's bizarre legacy alive, and then they soon get entangled in the same conspiracy as her father before his untimely disappearance. Everybody likes a good conspiracy. <laughs> right, right. It's it's. I can't wait for you guys to read it. I'm doing my best to get this thing knocked out as quick as possible, so that you guys can get a hold of it, and then we can do you know an actual uh, chat about it, uh, about the book. So, cool. um, again, without spoiling anything, the way that Kraus handles the subject of extraterrestrials and alien abduction is pretty damn great and really creepy. And uh, that's not really a spoiler because that's pretty much given on the cover of the book. But I'll read you a little bit here of what people had to say about Bent Heavens on the back cover of the book. The darkest, angriest alien horror story I've ever encountered, hell yes, says Stephanie Perkins, New York Times bestselling author of There's Someone Inside Your House. Kristen White says, necessarily horrifying, devastatingly timely. And she's a New York Times bestselling author of The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein. And Kelly Jensen says, engaging, enraging, and an absolute winner. So I just want to give a big shout out to Daniel Krauss for sending us a copy of this book ahead of schedule. And again, I can't wait for you two uh, to read it and also for it to be, you know, released on February 25th. So right around the corner. Yeah, man. It's about a week from uh, today. We're recording this on what, the 19th? Yeah. Mm. 18th, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. 17th. So yes, it's. Do out for, oh, is it the 17th? Yeah. <laughs> I Somewhere quit keeping there. track. But yeah, yeah, coming out real quick. So um, perfect book to kind of spring us forward on this episode into these alien encounters. But uh, anybody got anything to add before we get after mm, it? Nope. Other than Stranger Things uh, season what, four. Yeah. Out, which is pretty cool. Yeah, hell yeah. That's so, really awesome. I think we're yeah. going to have to rewatch it because Shayla did not remember uh, why there was a Russian tie-in for those of you who have not watched the show yet. I won't uh, yeah. spoil it, but yeah, she couldn't remember any of that. So it looks like <laughs> we're going to have to rewatch it. That was it. good. The last season was awesome, man. I mm -hmm. loved it. Yeah, it was pretty much an 80s action movie. <laughs> yeah. Espionage and all that shit, man. I mm -hmm. love it. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, anything else you guys want to add? Presto, anything new? You good? New computer? A new Sweet. old computer. So... Yeah, like Windows Vista, yeah. Windows Seven, <laughs> motherfucker, Windows Seven. Oh, stop the fucking presses! Yeah, yeah hang on. <laughs> Preston has Windows Seven. Everybody uh, drop their uh -huh. panties. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, speaking of Preston and your brand new old new computer, why don't you kick things off? I hate going first. Do yeah. you really? 
You poor, not what I heard. bastard. <laughs> so this uh, story took, takes place on uh, Sunday, November 1st, 1954, and involves a woman named Rosa Donna Lee. And she was walking along a footpath through the fields. Her last name is Danelli. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Dan- D- Dandelion? Dandelion? Donnellini. Donnellini. Anyways. Hey, don't worry. There's lots of tough yeah. names in this episode, so you'll get your chance. So she's walking through the fields and the thickets on her way home from her house uh, to, of the nearby town Siena, Italy. Where she pl- Selena. Yeah, whatever. Where she planned to place <laughs> Selena's a handful of carnations at the altar of Madonna Pellegrina, the Pilgrim Madonna. Does she have cone uh, chest piece on too? No, it's not that Madonna. Oh, oh. she wasn't like a virgin. Yeah. So not the Pilgrim Madonna, the pagan Madonna. No, the virgin, yeah. the, the the Virgin Mary, <laughs> the Virgin Madonna. Yeah. God damn it, Steve. Anyways, true. This is why Preston hates going yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> he takes all the lashings. Uh, it was a path that she used almost daily and was very familiar with, until she entered a small clearing and found some sort of vehicle in the middle of it. The object was only about seven feet tall, and it looked like two tall cones, kind of like you know Madonna's you know boob. <laughs> See, and they were con- foreshadowing, <laughs> and they were connected at their large ends. Like a round diamond shape. It stood on three small legs and had an opening in the side that revealed two small chairs. As Rosa was staring, starting to wonder about this object, two tiny men, only three feet tall, walked around from the opposite side to approach her in a friendly fashion. The two looked almost human, but their size and odd curve in the center of their lips showed that they were not. It's basically a wee man. Yeah, we men. <laughs> Both wore one-piece gray overalls, like Mario, that covered them from their <laughs> necks to their feet, and each wore a cape. What the hell? <laughs> like, that's kind of weird, That's the yeah. oddest alien get-up ever. Anyways, they also had <laughs> odd helmets that covered their ears. The two short the men tried to talk to Dan and Ellie, and she didn't understand the language that they were using. They snatched some carnations from her and dropped them inside their craft. Then one of them reached inside and brought out two white spears, and Donanelli took the opportunity to run from the scene where she looked back over her shoulder, and then they suddenly vanished. Wow. That's so weird. <laughs> like, that, yeah, I'm going to steal your bizarre. flowers, yeah. and then I'm going to come back. <laughs> Right. With a spear. Like. But they were trying to give her a gift, <laughs> and she just freaked the fuck out. So, yep. So, basically, Danelli ruined the chance for anyone to have actual proof of extraterrestrial visitation to Earth yeah. because she just turned, tailed, and ran. Yeah, because she was mad about her flowers being stolen. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. What a fool. Dandelion. And these little, like, midget Marios <laughs> are, like, fucking Italians and then got in their spacecraft and left. <laughs> Well, what's interesting about that story is it's 1954, and apparently over in Italy, they were not visited by flying saucers because the way she describes this thing is more or less like you're like a 1950s rocket ship. Yeah, like the ones at the park. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah oh, yeah, the rocket slides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's conical. It's got three little legs coming off as a tripod. It sounds to me just like a little rocket ship. I like the picture. It's like you literally see him trying to steal the flowers. <laughs> like, get him here, bitch. <laughs> Little yeah. monkeys is what it looks like. Wearing like 18, or I guess it wouldn't be that yeah. early, but uh, wearing like the old, uh, you know, football, leather football helmets. Oh, yeah. Hold yeah. on. Oh, <laughs> like, give him like, here, bitch. <laughs> like the Leatherheads. Yeah, the yeah, leather exactly. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, Little monkey Leatherheads. Are you going to post that in the visual feed on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. All these yeah. photos I've got in the notes, uh, cool. they'll all be great. And I'll post them kind of, you know, one by one by yeah. one as to the stories as they uh, they hear them. So Cool. Well, awesome. Presto, you want to you want to go right into your second yeah. one or you want me to go? No, no, no. I'll go into my second one. It's titled Perfect. Ginger Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed sure. to the Marianne <laughs> Aliens. Yeah. So Jose Antonio de Silva from... Bay Bay Duaro, Brazil. Yeah, what up, Chad? Just wanted to fish <laughs> like every other motherfucker. 
He got up early that morning to do just that. After having hiked to the lake and set up camp the day before, around 3 p.m., his plans were cha uh, changed against his will when a group of four-foot-tall humanoids, completely covered head-to-toe in a strange suit, paralyzed his legs and then dragged him aboard a weird craft. For <laughs> hours, De Silva sat with his captors as the strange vehicle moved. There were no windows, so he could only feel the motion of the craft with no idea where it was going. They had placed a helmet over his head, just like the ones they were wearing themselves. When they reached their destination, he was brought into a large room and placed sitting on a stool, where he saw the beings without their helmets. Among them was one being who was slightly taller and appeared to be in charge. They all looked about the same, roughly human, with red hair that hung to their waist and beards that stretched to their stomachs. Their eyebrows were very thick, about two finger widths, and they had no eyelashes on their slightly larger than human green eyes. So basically, it's a little people's easy top cover band. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say a bunch of redheaded Eugene Levies. Little, it's like a bunch of alien Gimli's running around. <laughs> the biggest difference was their mouths, which were a little wider than a human's, and they had no teeth in them, looking more like a fish mouse on the inside. They communicated to De Silva by means of gestures and illustrations. He soon understood that they wanted him to go back to Earth to gather information for them. They eventually returned to live with where he eventually returned to live with them for several years before returning to Earth with them as their ambassador and guide. De Silva refused the offer. With that, he was taken back to the strange craft and after some time was dropped off in the middle of the night by a stream. Once he found his way to a road, he was able to learn that he was about 30 kilometers away from where he had been fishing and four and a half days had passed. That's crazy. Yeah. So basically, he was abducted by a bunch of not Gimlies, but Gumlies because they were all toothless yeah. and they just played Pictionary. Man, I would have been their fucking ambassador. <laughs> I've been like, you know what? Pay me, bitches. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else you got to do? You're fishing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Huh. Well, that's that's definitely not the typical, you know, Nordic blondes that look all hot and stacked. They're just a bunch of short and fat. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Huh? No hot and Please stacked, but short and fat. <laughs> that would be funny. He's like, uh, I think I'm gonna pass on that on that uh, that offer. They're like, well, maybe you want to meet our cousins. He brings them over here. He's like, oh, okay. And they're like, they're like the, the what do they call the Palladian like, women? Bunch of leglesses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that where Tolkien got his inspiration for Gimli and Legolas? The yeah, Nordics and the uh, the red-headed, toothless ginger aliens? Could have been visited. Um, well, things are about to get hotter as I describe to you guys the next group of extraterrestrials that this guy encountered. 19-year-old Lee Parrish had just driven home from his girlfriend's house in Prospect, Kentucky when along the way he had seen a bright rectangular object in the sky. When he got home, his eyes hurt terribly, and he discovered the seven-minute drive had taken nearly 45 minutes to complete for some strange reason. Worried, his mother convinced him to have hypnotic regression in, in an attempt to remember what happened during the missing time, and the answers he gave were just as strange. Parrish's car had been lifted off the ground by a bright object, and then Parrish himself had somehow been instantly brought into a room that looked too large to be inside the craft he had seen earlier. In this room were three strange objects. To his left was a large black slab shaped almost like a tombstone, with an additional bump at the top that nearly reached the ceiling. On his right was a red block that was just a little shorter than Parrish himself, and in front of him was a more complicated-looking white block. The white block was about Parrish's height, nearly six feet tall, and had a surface that curved away from Parrish on the front with a distinct rectangular head. So guys, imagine like an old-timey cash register. Hmm. Parrish didn't know how he knew, but he sensed that these objects were sentient beings and that the white one was in charge. The black slab had a single limb that stuck out from one side of its front side. It started to use this to slowly touch Parrish on his side and his back. 
a feeling that was very unpleasant for Parrish. He described it as being cold and burning at the same time. It made Parrish feel like he was vibrating. Next, <laughs> next, the red block touched him. It, too, had a single limb coming from its body, and Parrish sensed that this creature was a bit frightened of him. It slowly touched his soldier. <laughs> soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie nuggets. It slowly touched his shoulder and then the side of his head, above the ear in the hairline. These touches came with the sensation of being pricked with a needle, but didn't hurt for very long. After touching him, the red block moved to the white one and either disappeared. Jesus, now I sound like one of the fucking gingers. And either disappeared behind it, (laughs) (laughs) either disappeared behind it or merged with it. The black slab backed away slowly as the white object made a sound like sandpaper being used. And then the white one moved to the black slab and again either disappeared behind it or merged altogether with it. A moment later, the black slab disappeared, leaving Parrish in the room alone. Then, next thing he knew, Parrish was in his car, looking at the little pond near the roadway that he'd been driving on. His eyes were completely bloodshot, and he had trouble sleeping for days afterwards, simply because of how badly his eyes were hurting. So it sounds like he got abducted by something off of Gumby. Yeah, that sounds hella weird. But you know what's interesting about that story particularly is a lot of times when you have abduction cases, you have these weird screen memories. Like, you're not supposed to know exactly what these things look like, so they insert yeah. these weird, like, blocked memories. <laughs> My dog's weighing in again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, like, like a blurred thing, like on Cops or something. Yeah, because you know like how, that. like, on uh, the movie Communion with Christopher Walken, like, that first encounter he has, uh, he imagines, like, a, a big blocky robot with, like, a Saturn-shaped yeah. hat kind of, like, come clanging in there at him with, like, a spiral on its chest. Then only later does he realize that what he actually saw was, like, a typical gray alien walking across his floor. So, like, these things don't want you to know exactly what they look like. Did they have teeth? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Not that we know of yet. <laughs> it was just the blockheads. Could the gummies gum it? <laughs> Since they t- touched his soldier. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez. All right, Steve, why don't you take this one for a spin here? Cool. <clears throat> Late one foggy evening around 10.30 p.m. at night out in Frederick, Wisconsin, a farmer named William Bals- I mean Bosack was driving home <laughs> I knew from you a- were going to say that. <laughs> was driving home from a co-op meeting at the co-op. He had just attended in the nearby town of Frederick when his headlights reflected off something strange on the left side of the road. Bozak had already been driving at a slower pace due to the fog, kind of like this morning, but the uh-huh. strange craft made him slow down as he approached it. The object was 8 to 10 feet tall and was sitting still. On the side of the craft, facing Bozak's direction, was a curved glass panel that he could see through like a window. And inside, there was a human-like creature staring back at him, thrown up west side. (laughs) 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 The being appeared to be wearing a tan-colored shirt of some type. Repping colors from some nearby space gang, but <laughs> the Krups, <laughs> the Krubs. <laughs> yeah. But Bosak could also see that the creature had short hair or fur on its upper body and arms. The arms were raised above the bean's head. There were more short hair sticking out from the sides of the bean's head, though its face and chin were hairless. High up on its head, it had two bovine-like ears that stuck out about three inches to each side. It also had large protruding eyes. Bozak couldn't see more of the craft or figure because of the fog, but he'd seen enough. He stepped on the gas pedal and got the fuck out of there. (laughs) It was nearly a month before Bozak plucked up the courage to tell anyone else what happened. On further thought, it occurred to Bozak that the strange being looked just as frightened of him as he had been of it, and he kind of wished he could go back and be friendlier. But nobody believed Bozak after that and started calling him 
Ball sack. Ball sack. You know, if he was, uh, wasn't was so busy throwing up gang signs at the alien, like they could have been friends. So yeah. I think that's what the problem is. Well, the is. picture looks like it's macking me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, what this man just described was the one and only encounter with the legendary cow squatch. Oh, oh shucky dang darns. Well, nice. the next story, Steve, I kind of threw in here, so I don't even know what it's about. <laughs> cool. Surprise. And you ready for the boom, big reveal? Mm-hmm. I'm ready for you right. to try to pronounce all these names properly. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Private security Piero Fortiano Zanfreda, or Zappa, was driving <laughs> his rounds in Torlioga, Italy, I guess, that icy cold night when just after a bit after midnight, just a bit after midnight, his car's engines, lights, and radio all failed at once, bringing the car to a stop in front of one of his clients' houses. C- clients? Skynet Escort? Skynet Escort? Oh, <laughs> oh uh, <laughs> while, his, while this bothered him, Zanfreda quickly noticed four strange lights moving around the client's house. Assuming these were burglars, he grabbed his gun, of course, and flashlight, walked through the open gate, and snuck quietly along the wall to surprise them. Then someone touched his back. Spinning around with the gun and light in front of him, Zanfreda found himself facing a ten-foot-tall bean with undulating, hairy green skin. He pointed his flashlight up to see the face and dropped it in shock. The creature had triangular yellow eyes and red veins on its forehead. Zanfreda quickly grabbed up the flashlight and ran for his car, but he was soon aware that something very bright was behind him. He turned to look and discovered a huge triangular craft, glowing brightly enough that he had to shield his eyes. It was raising from the backyard of the house with a hissing noise. He ran to his car and made a desperate call out on his radio, which cut off before he could give his location. An hour later, two other patrol cars came through the area and discovered Zenfreda lying on the ground, shaking, pissed his pants, <laughs> and, now, and, now, and the now closed gate to the house. As they approached, he jumped up, pointed his gun at them. His eyes were bulging, and he didn't seem to have recognized them. It's like, I've seen some shit. <laughs> right, I've been with the shit. Yeah. They've managed to overpower him, but noticed as they did so that Zenfreda and his clothes were very warm despite the icy temperature he had presumably been lying until just a moment before. Because he pissed oh. himself. Well, no, I bet you what <laughs> happened is that I bet you uh, maybe they were taking down that beam of light to transport him up. Mm-hmm. And then when they showed up, it scared them and they took off and like dropped uh, him. Could have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like a further investigation after daybreak showed two huge horseshoe-shaped impressions in the ground be- behind the house, as if something massive had been sitting there, and 52 witnesses from around the city had seen the bright light in the area at the same time that Zenfreda claimed to have been attacked. God, holy crap. Yeah, that's fucking terrifying. Now, that's one that I want to research more, because the illustration on here is a lot more creepy. Yeah, it, shows- it looks- like some yeah. fucking demon, some demon type shit mixed with like the creature of the Black Lagoon. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's got Pores and Frida, you know, attached to some kind of apparatus with a giant economy sized blow dryer pointed towards him. Yeah. This warmest close up and really throw the humans off our scent. Well, to finish things off on this episode, I thought we'd save maybe the weirdest encounter of all for last. Boom. And first of all, the illustration of this creature looks like something you'd fight off of uh, Fallout 76. Yeah, it does. So let's jump in the Wayback Machine, shall we? And go back to the day of August 22nd, 1955 in Casablanca, California. Casablanca. (laughs) In the highly populated 1950s neighborhood, around 2 p.m., a group of 9 to 10 children, ranging in ages from... Five to 15 years of age were all out playing in the front yard of the Douglas family. When suddenly one of the children, Kermit Douglas, noticed a strange... Never name your kid Kermit, ever. I mean, to be fair, this was before Sesame Street. Yeah. I wonder if it was a popular name before all that shit. (laughs) Before Kermit. (laughs) Yeah, before Kermit the Frog. Now nobody's going to name it because he'll always be called Kermit the Frog. Well, hell, maybe they chose to name him Kermit because they're like, hey, what's a name no one's used since 1955? (laughs) (laughs) 
Maybe after this kid's batshit, you know, uh, report of what happened, no one ever wanted to name their kid Kermit. Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. When one of the children, Kermit Douglas, noticed a strange luminous object hovering above the house. The object flickered for a second and then disappeared. Then, a few seconds later, a metallic flying saucer appeared in its place. Then, as if that wasn't strange enough, after a few more seconds go by, other discs started to appear and disappear, started to appear and disappear with a musical ping, 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 ping sound as the crafts all blipped in and out of the children's sight. Like, uh, Close Encounters. Yeah, yeah, or steel drums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the saucers were described as semi transparent with rotating luminous rays of light surrounding them, setting them aglow. One of the objects was said to have been as big as three houses. This one floated above the group of kids and then landed in a nearby field. A small hatch opened on the side of the craft, and a funny-looking entity reportedly came out. The children described this being as being three and a half feet tall, with a perfectly spherical head, large red and square eyes, a large opened red mouth, and four things in a diamond shape where its nose should be. The creature had its shoulders just like we do, with arms that protruded downwards. But then at its elbows, the appendages split into two more arms, that divided by separate forearms, each with separate hands at the end. The creature had a thin waist below its torso, with four tentacles acting as its legs, it wore a funny belt that had a silver disc-shaped buckle that acted like a mirror. <laughs> Post Malone's Two of, the- <laughs> <laughs> Two of the children said they saw a being similar to the one that approached them from the large ship, but this one was semi-translucent and was floating in front of the neighbor's house. This creature didn't have the four tentacle-like feet. It only had a stump below where its legs should be. After seeing these two awkward, squid-like creatures, another boy stated to have seen a silver arm seemingly appear out of nowhere, like he had just popped out of a portal. Without a body or anything, the arm beckoned him to come closer. And after that, this particular child floated up into the sky and then hovered over and landed on top of the roof of a neighbor's house. (laughs) (laughs) and they said the arm that kind of came out of this portal was covered in this weird like riveted armor like plate armor almost like chain mail but not quite it was more like fish scales from on top of the house the child reportedly got scared tripped and fell off the house landing on his head what an idiot (laughs) right You you just floated through the sky by a fucking alien's arm uh huh. And then you're, and you're like, "Oopsie daisy!" Yeah, oh, I'm gonna fall off the damn thing. You know what? <laughs> Survival of the fittest. Yeah, I just picture that that chubby kid off of The Simpsons. <laughs> I bit my Wookie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Luckily, he only suffered minor injuries and no other damage to his head, other than some light uh, amnesia. One of the other boys tried to run towards one of the spaceships that landed in a yard, but he was stopped by an invisible force field while another child said to have met a strange man wearing a helmet in a nearby garden. This entity was not like the first two and had two gun-like apparatuses that he shot lasers out of, which paralyzed the boy dead in his tracks. Oh, my God. Got a whole <laughs> right. mess of popsicles down here. <laughs> right? It was just a neighbor dowsing. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going to take advantage of this situation with these aliens, boys. <laughs> like, you can find some shelter in my basement. <laughs> one, of the horrified, one of the horrified kids took off toward one of the nearby houses where he almost plowed over his own mother as she sprinted outside to see what the panic was all about. And just like the other adults who said they had checked on the children to see what the commotion was, she didn't see anything other than the children playing out in the yard. So parents were pretty much oblivious to these fucking squid creatures, the creepy pervert shooting kids with lasers that froze them, the flying saucers, all of it. Parents <laughs> kids could be traumatized for life. <laughs> right, right. 
But you know what they say, like kids and animals always have a little bit more of a uh, innocence about them, thus allowing them to see kind of into that uh, okay. liminal state. 100%. Yeah, that, and, that people with, and people with, uh, you know, like autism, stuff like that. Yeah, totally, autism, totally um, Down syndrome, hell, even people that have mental uh, – oh, what do you call that? Sorry, I, I just – Mental blank. illness. Like, you know, yeah, you know, mental like illness. Psychosis yeah, yeah. and yeah, schizophrenia exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. The first entity that had approached the group of kids earlier had now told Kermit Douglas that if he climbed up in the tallest tree in the yard, they would come back for him in one quarter of an hour to take him on a trip in one of their spaceships. So excitedly, Kermit then grabbed another boy and climbed up in the tree. But the other children didn't want him to be up there out of fear Sorry. Uh, stranger danger? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, let, me start let me start over. So excitedly, Kermit and the other boy climbed up in the tree, almost in a trance-like state. But the other children didn't want them to be up there. So out of fear, they had a moment of clarity. It's genius, I think. <laughs> and they grabbed a garden hose and began to spray Kermit and the other boy to snap <laughs> them out of the trance. They slowly coaxed the two boys out of the tree, just as a Saturn-like shaped object appeared in the sky, where entities again crawled out of a hatch and began reaching their weird double-armed arms out, trying to grab the boys as they climbed down the tree. Fuck. Yep. Then, about ten minutes later, the largest saucer, the one that was the shape of about three houses, then lifted up off the ground approached the tree where it hovered there for a few minutes and then flew away, followed by the other saucers that had landed in the nearby neighborhood. Supposedly, at one point, a few parents had reported to news had reported to newspapers. They all did come outside to see what the supposed commotion was, but they just assumed all the kids were playing a big game and nobody saw any spaceships or strange creatures. And supposedly, this story was reported to a variety of different local newspapers, as well as, you know, early on uh, flying saucer magazines and other types of uh, periodicals. Reported, like, that the kids said they saw this stuff, but the parents didn't see anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the kids all got freaked out. I mean, police came. Yeah. They had all sorts of different, you know, like, I'm, I'm sorry, but we heard a commotion. Oh, they're just playing a fucking ball game. What <laughs> ball game sounds like a, a craft uh, well, I mean, the size of three houses. You've got freeze alien tag. You've got kick the can saucer. <laughs> yeah, no shit. You've got all sorts of great games out there. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Forearm Charlie. I mean, the list goes on. It's like I could just picture like a parody of this. <laughs> Mom, don't you see that craft over there? No, I don't see it. Like, and it's like this massive fucking ship, like the Deep Thought from yeah. <laughs> from the Hitchhiker's Guide. No, I don't see it anywhere. <laughs> Where? What are you looking at? Huh. Like idiots. God, yeah. But yeah, that is the story of the Casablanca siege. Pretty cool. Terrifying, yeah. But. It, it, it just the the pandemonium that happens when all of a sudden it's not bad enough. You got two of these weird four armed, you know, tentacle creatures just walking around. You've got some other weirdo who's like, "Oh shit, I came here to abduct a kid too." Oh god, <laughs> I must have got my yeah. schedule mixed up. And a whole fleet of saucers just landing in this 1950s neighborhood. I think it'd make a killer movie, dude. If somebody could go back and make this movie. (laughs) I think it'd be so rad. Uh, And I also, you gave me that UFO comic book. Um, Let me grab it here real quick. You gave me the uh, Gold Key UFO Flying Saucers comic book number one. I've got mm-hmm. all the gold key saucer comics digitally. And I'm going to go through there because all those things are is basically like a comic book uh, translation of classic like 1950s, 1960s UFO and alien encounters. That's tight. So I'm going to comb through those. Uh, sorry. I'm going to comb through those this summer and see if I can find, you know, more stories to do deeper dives into. But I'm really hoping that comic is uh, actually in there. Hell yeah, that'd be cool, especially because you can clip clip photos out and put it on the Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked, so. Hella cool. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, uh, like, what would you do question. So the question okay, yeah. is. Yeah, dude, cli- go for it. we got plenty of the time cli- The cliche, um. You know, say there's like either a meteorite or a bomb or some kind of 
catamalis- no, cataclysmic. Cataclysmic. Yes, there you go. Event's <laughs> going to happen. You know you're going to die. You know it's on the way. There's nothing you can do about it. There's no amount of reach you can go to escape this. Uh-huh. Um, what would you do? Like, would you purge or would you like hookers and the, blow? Oh, I'd, hookers I'd go and get blow. my I'd go get my my wife or I'd go get my family. Like, what what would be your thing? So, because like me, I I think I would purge. I, I don't know so. what I don't know what I do, but I would do something that I know. I would I wouldn't there wouldn't be repercussions. Type of thing. I just picture because, Tommy Boy. I'm gonna do something naughty. naughty. Yeah, <laughs> my, and then like we had this conversation with a couple people. Or I did, and we is like I'm talking about me and my fucking mind uh, at your last co-op yeah, meeting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we were talking about this, and, and they were like. Well, you know, you purge like you're going to do something bad to somebody. And I'm like, but you're not understanding this. If this was coming and this was going to happen, everybody around you is going to be doing something else. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what they're going to be doing. So they're probably going to be purging too. So mm-hmm. at that point, I'm going to be like, well, I could try to go do this thing with my family or I could try to go see this person I care about. Am I going to get there? Nah, I'll be picked off. So That's true, well, yeah. Might as well – Purge. I don't know. It's we. It's weird. It's a weird thing. I just think yeah. most people have their have their morals, and they're like, I would never do something like that. But I, I just find the idea of them purge movies interesting. But uh-huh. they've just gotten so hokey and like they stretched it out so much. But like the idea of something like that and like you know like how uh, there's so many extreme shits going on right now within our government and and mm-hmm. with uh and all the political climate we have and like I could see something like that, you know, possibly right. being a reality in some weird future, but Well, your question poses I'm gonna answer it, but the question poses another question of people's answers are gonna be driven by their moral moral you know, code. compass. Anybody yeah. who is a God fearing individual Christian faith. or whatever. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. They're going to ask, well, I mean, am I still going to go to heaven? Because what you're describing basically is kind of like a rapture in a way. Uh, their answers are going to be muddled by their morals, but and, and their their religious beliefs. But I don't, I don't know, man. Because then you can't you can't ask like, well, is are we still going to go to heaven or hell? I mean, we don't know. Yeah. I think is the appropriate answer. It's I don't know. Them, it's one of the questions, kind of like when you like you ask somebody that believes in whatever they believe. You you ask them, well, how do you believe that? And you're like, well, it's faith. It's kind of in a roundabout way that question is kind of a faith thing too because like you're saying, you don't yeah. know what you would do because everybody's faith is different. You know, mm-hmm. beliefs are different. Well, yeah. Is this the final test, so to speak, you know, kind yeah. of a rapture type cataclysmic event? I don't know. I think to answer it fairly, I would say – and this is off the record. I'd say orgy. Okay. Not the band. <laughs> you say off the record like <laughs> – <laughs> it's not going to get on the podcast or – No, no. It will be on the podcast. I'm just saying like hypothetically, I think yeah. I think you want to go out, you know, the best way possible, man. I, but this, I, yeah, but this is the thing it. though. You, okay, you round, you round that. Okay, that's what you want to do. You want to go to North. I round up the four people who don't want to kill everyone. I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like how are you going to know? You're like, oh, let's have an orgy. And then like there's going to be that one person who's like, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this motherfucker right here. Or we're going to go to this orgy and I'm going to purge at this orgy. Well, after the orgy is conceded, of course. God. <laughs> I'm going to give you the address of the orgy, and it's going to be like the Looney Bin. Yeah. <laughs> the Looney not, bin. not the crazy house, but the comedy club we have yeah. in Wichita. Yeah. <laughs> Go tell your jokes somewhere else, Steven. I'm, I'm I'd be like Gary Busey, and I'd take like a line of Coke off my dog and then like party it up. That way, I'd be like high as balls when the comedy. Oh, I remember, I remember him, him talking about that. It's like, do you know how. You know how important it is for a coke head to get the coke. Mm-hmm. It's like when the coke spills on your dog, and then you don't. You just go down there and start sniffing your dog like crazy. Jeez, <laughs> like, what the Louise. fuck, dude? <laughs> That's crazy. Come here, yeah. Bruce. We'll press. <laughs> Bruce, <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't coke. That was dander. <laughs> uh, okay, Preston, what's your answer, man? What are you doing? Last day on Earth. There's not a tomorrow. I already told you, hookers and blow. What? Oh, you did, you did preface yeah. that hookers and blow. 
<laughs> or puppers yeah. blow, you know. Yeah, he'll be like, I'm gonna go down to the to the Mason Temple and try to stop the apocalypse with the alt, with the fucking Altier from Assassin's Creed and all the Templars. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm gonna crack maybe, the code. The mystery maybe code. Maybe that's <laughs> gonna crack the code. He's gonna crack cocaine the code. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's where the orgy is, is down there at one of those Masonic temples. Oh. <laughs> and maybe I get to go in there because I, you know, I've been in it twice. Because so, you broke you the know. code, Preston's little I, notebook. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I remember the Wait, time I got into the the, the uh, Masonic that's, temple. That's that's why the apocalypse was coming because you broke the code and you snuck into the temple. Yeah. Oh, what you if destroyed that the was. mystery? Way to go, that is, Sean. It, it, you can I get out there like as as Galactus the is you know coming to the Earth, getting ready to swallow it, and I can see a shadow? Can I just yell angrily? Make a better fucking code. <laughs> <laughs> I figured this out, and I'm not the brightest person on the Earth. <laughs> like what's your oh, password man. one two three four <laughs> that, that's it <laughs> huh oh shit steve i like that i think from now on you should always have a what if question at the end of every episode that'd be cool that'd it's be just, really badass man it's hard because i don't want the i don't want the questions and the answers to come off too edgy you know, because like yeah. when I say when I say purge, I'm not going to go into detail, but like I just no, 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 yeah, I mean simple. The simple idea, enough, yeah. the idea that I think there's going to be a lot of people. There'd be a purge. And you want to join the purge? Is because especially because like a lot of people's faith is dwindling mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. now compared to other times in history of mankind and yeah, and Very it's just true. like I don't know. People are you're starting to see way more animalistic shit, man. Brutality yeah. everywhere you go. It is getting kind of insane, isn't it? It's fucking scary. It really is, but... Yeah, no, I think that's a good answer, man. You would join the Purge. I would join the Orgy. And then mm-hmm. Preston, Preston would be doing coke be, off the back of different dogs. Like fucking Tony Montana over Hell here. Yeah. Okay. Want to play rough? <laughs> what does he say on the end of uh, that Jack Nicholson movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, The Departed? Don't come up until you can't breathe, or whatever he says. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, remember this? Don't come up until you can't breathe. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, I watched, well, dude. I, okay, let me tell you this right now. A good fucking movie that's funny as shit is Anger Management. With yeah, that's Jack a good Nicholson Jack and Nicholson. Adam Sandler. I think I watched that this week. It's on Netflix now. It's so. I know this has nothing to do with paranormal, but that movie. Is so funny because just because of how intense Jack Nicholson is, mm-hmm. and he makes you feel so. He just has this style of making you feel so uncomfortable, and he just kills it in that movie. And whenever um, he's like in that car, and they start singing the West Side Story, I feel pretty. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> it's just every right. time it makes me laugh so hard. But yeah, you, you guys haven't seen that movie, you you. Totally got to. Oh yeah, I saw that shit in theaters, man. Yeah, I was talking to I was talking to the audience, our many many listeners and fans. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Sorry, I thought you were about to tell a story. I was talking to our listeners. <laughs> and... <laughs> well, speaking of Netflix, uh, I wanted to mention this before we end the show. Speaking of you know movies and Netflix and the paranormal. If you guys haven't watched it, yes, I'm speaking to the many fans and also Preston. If you guys haven't watched the movie Horse Girl yet, you guys should all really check this movie out. It's mm-hmm. on Netflix. It was in Sundance recently. And uh, spoiler free, quick elevator pitch. It's about a girl who likes horses, who has a very mundane life and slowly begins to assume that she may have been abducted by aliens. Mm-hmm. And it's just Missing a weird time, stuff like that. Yeah, it's just a weird like indie, um, lighthearted drama. I don't, that's the best way to describe it. Check yeah. it out though. When I watched I, the when I watched the trailer for it, I watched. I was like, oh, "This is weird." And I thought it was going to be about a girl with like autism. And okay, uh, sure, yeah, because like she was like kind of quirky and stuff like that. And I was like, no. And Molly Shannon plays her mom, and you kind of get like a vibe from the trailer. No, it wasn't even her. It's not her mom. It's her coworker. Oh, really? Damn, that's yeah. Crazy. I thought it was a mom. Uh, so, but, so, have you not watched it yet? Then no, no, I haven't oh, watched it. Yet. I watched shit. the okay. first. I watched the first ten ten minutes of it. I, I see. Asleep. I see. 
but I, re- but I really want to. But I like in the in the um, trailer, like it, it kind of gives you that that vibe that like people are kind of like, why are you so weird? Like, yeah. I don't know. But like, and then you quickly realize that like she's thinking she's being abducted by aliens, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a really great movie. It's something you should not watch at eleven or twelve o'clock at night before you're going to bed. Because it's a little dry and you really want to make sure that you're paying attention, you know, and you don't kind of drift off and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's really something awesome, I think. Hell yeah. It's definitely yeah. on my list to watch this mm-hmm. week. Yeah, it really is really great. I didn't realize it was Sundance until after I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I actually messaged my buddy Seth who goes to Sundance every year. And he's like, oh, yeah, we missed this at Sundance, but I heard it's really great. And I'm like, yeah, it really is. Like, it's a great drama uh, outside of the paranormal aspect to it, but now it's it's just even cooler because of how they tie that in. So, yeah. yeah, there you go. Check out Horse Girl. Not a great name. <laughs> no, I text <laughs> I text Rob and I'm like, dude, you got to watch this. And I sent him the uh, the movie poster uh, screen grab, and he's like, why? <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, it's an alien abduction movie. He's like, oh, shit, never would have guessed it. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't have. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, do you guys got anything else you want to plug before we get out of here other than the normal plugs? Not shit. I want to give a shout out to uh, Rob's mom. Yeah, Deb, for sure. Deb. Going through some some medical things, and we want to wish her the best of uh, well wishes and luck. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So get better, and then you can join the orgies out there during well, the purge. Well, there you go. We should ask her what she wants to do, Steve. <laughs> don't, don't judge me in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We love you, Deb. And yep. Rob. For sure. And Halo. Yeah, and Deb. Uhara. And Tizzy. And <laughs> <laughs> Preston, you got anything out of the ordinary you want to plug? Well, I'd like to... Bring up that uh, I got a little gem coming in the mail tomorrow. So March Madness is going to be upon us because I got one hell of a paranormal story that I'm going to drop in March. So, oh snap! Yeah, yeah. The follow up to the abduction to the ninth planet. Uh, well, no. I mean, this is like a crazy IBM computer time traveling story from England. <laughs> I love it. Perfect yeah. teaser. <laughs> Everybody is equally confused and intrigued. Yeah. Hell yeah. Can't wait, dude. I'm excited. And I got the sex book too, so that's coming. Oh, you yeah. did. If you guys Ooh. thought that <laughs> if you guys thought the book I picked up called Sexual Hauntings Through the Ages by Colin Waters was saucy, we're hoping you ain't heard yeah. nothing yet. <laughs> It could be all the same stories for all we know, but for as little as you paid on eBay, it is worth the what's 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 Brady call them eBay roulette. It is, yeah. Especially like when the description says there's a story about somebody being ravaged by Satan. Like, ooh, ooh, snap! Sign me up. Yeah, there you go. Steve's in. Cool. Well, speaking of Steve, what do you want to plug, bud? Before we get out of here. Ooh, check out our Instagram, PXL Paranormal. You can get on there and follow all the visual companion guides and little pictures and stuff like that. You can also check us out on Facebook, Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Get on there. We should post all the shows on there. Uh, and you can check out our awesome new horror podcast called 13 Nightmares, which is myself, Sean, and our friend Brady. And we're about to drop episode two here pretty soon hopefully mm-hmm. and hoping to get first, it in by the end of february but if not yeah. the first part of march yeah and the first uh, episode was very well received we got a lot of compliments on it and um we're oh yeah we're going to be uh we are going to be sharing what the new movie is so people can see it, see it in case they mm-hmm. haven't seen it the next movie is alien which i'm assuming everybody's already seen that movie <laughs> but there yeah. might be some other people some other people so um yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. We go in depth uh, on the movies. We go behind the scenes. Did you know facts, stuff like that, and you know, talk about the plot of the movie, of course, too. And uh, it's a lot of fun. We're really passionate about it, and we're excited. 
Yeah, most definitely. Got a lot of uh, fun projects lined up for that podcast. As well as this podcast, um, we've got a couple of really cool interviews lined up. One of them, um, here's a good teaser. One of them is about a young lady whose sister may have been possessed by a cursed tree. And the other one, hmm. The other one's our good buddy Joe, who tells us a story of a couple entities that he encountered as a young baby. Here's what's funny, Preston. You giggle because when Joe first told us the story of the the white ghost and the black ghost, it was nothing compared to the little tidbit he told me on Xbox the other Ooh. night. So I'm out. I, I'm absolutely thrilled. Uh, Joe got an interview he did with somebody involved, and then we'll interview Joe on a roundtable. And I just can't wait to share that story with everybody. It is pretty fantastic. So That's tight. Cool. Awesome. And then speaking of our network, check out the rest of the shows on the Pixelated Sausage Network. Check out Mark's solo show, Pixelated Sausage. Please check out his Attack the Backlog. Preston, what's my favorite race car podcast ever? Sports Cars Unleashed, where if you're not first, you're last. And that's not even on the actual Pixelated Sausage Network, I don't believe, but it's still pretty yeah. great. Then check out our friends over at CD Trade Post at Pawnee and Seneca. Please go check out Fast Print here in Wichita. And Preston, what do you got for As us? As always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow a gummy uh, Gimli beard to all its might. Check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order and get yourself some scents such as Dundee Cedar Bay Rum Sweet Tobacco Citrus Classic and my new favorite mint. And then uh, check mm-hmm. out Fresh. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say, check out Fresh, like it was one of those like dinner box programs. I'm like, wait, when do we start plugging that shit? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And also check out our friends over at gunslingersoap.com. And then lastly, we do have a Patreon, guys. It's usually listed at the end of all of our episode uh, notes on iTunes and whatnot. We're going to be revamping that and having some pretty cool stuff on there for everybody who wants to join up. Uh, again, on Pixelated Paranormal, there will not be any paywalls. You're not going to get any extra content, but we will still have some pretty cool tiers on there that you might want to look at uh, in the upcoming future. And then merch, guys, is right around the corner. I've got some t-shirts and some other stuff lined up. Hopefully dropping that either the middle of March or first part of April. Finally. So we can't wait for that. All right. Oh, anything yeah, else, guys? Yeah. Now I'm good. Cool. All right. Well, I'd like to say cheers to all the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. Stay spooky and stay on the Paranormal Highway. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the Paranormal Highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.